This is a Giving Thought podcast from the Charities Aid Foundation's think tank, Giving Thought. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Giving Thought podcast uh, with your hosts, me, Adam. And me, Rod. Hey, Rod. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. Looking forward to this one because it is mm. by far our most salaciously clickbait episode in which it, well, it's entitled Hollywood Philanthropy. And it's going to be just as crass as that sounds because we're yeah. essentially talking about celebrity philanthropy, philanthropy in movies, all that kind of thing. Um and yeah, the first uh, the first section is going to focus pretty much on that philanthropy in in books, movies, that type of thing, and and its depiction. So yeah, what's your favourite one, Rod? My favourite uh, philanthropist on film. Mm. Uh, well, I I'll probably delve into this a bit more, but I quite like more of a trope than an individual one. But is the uh, the Marvel comic books trope of using philanthropy to explain why very rich evil supervillains generally what they do with their days before they're spending their nights battling uh, uh, all the good guys. So if you think of, um, you know, well, I suppose Batman on the good side, but then people like Dr. Doom and, you know, they always seem to have enormous amounts of money to spend on research science aimed at building tiny flying platforms and strange types of exploding bombs. And the, the way they explain that way is that they're usually a billionaire philanthropist. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, the the point that we wanted to make in this basically it goes back to something that I kind of wrote in a blog um, a couple of years ago now. Basically, that like there's a huge amount of amazing stories in the world of philanthropy when you look back at the history of it and some incredible characters. Yet it seems to be a subject that is bizarrely ill uh, served by film and television. There aren't really any great films about the lives of philanthropists. And when philanthropists do turn up in films, they tend to be pretty crudely drawn stereotypes, either around the sort of it's a shorthand for um, a rich person being good despite the fact they're rich, or increasingly, as I said there, around the kind of supervillain one, actually it's used as a sort of quick marker of where somebody's got something to hide. Um, and this just seems weird, you know, yeah. if somebody were to make a film of the life of Andrew Carnegie or J John D. Rockefeller or Julius Rosenwald or any of these figures or here in the UK, um, John Howard or Angela Bedette Coots, you know, they've all got fascinating backstories. And, you know, it's not like with the rise of Netflix and Amazon, there isn't enough money floating around to make TV miniseries about all kinds of things. Yet so far, nothing. Yeah, the, the paucity of... of of good roles uh, for philanthropy in, in movies is, and particularly in books is bizarre when you consider, well, for example, Charles Dickens was a philanthropy advisor. Mm. So you would have thought he would have uh, made, seen a real opportunity to sort of boost both sides of his business by cre creating good philanthropic characters. Although I suppose yeah. maybe you would say at the uh, Scrooge by the very end of the book of A Christmas yeah. Carol moves on to philanthropy but it's sort of you know it's sort of window dressing isn't it and That's in many true. other roles yeah. it seems to be a philanthropy is a cover basically mm. it's either a a, a smokescreen you know a bit of whitewashing to deflect the evil uh projects of of the bad guys in movies but weirdly it's also 
a, a smokescreen for good characters to to hide the good that they're doing. So in the case of Batman, for example, you know, he's uh, ostentatious philanthropy. He's merely there to sort of be a cover for the real good work that he's doing, which is dressing up in lycra and running around. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So the good work he's doing is essentially breaking the law and beating people up, but the philanthropy <laughs> that he's doing is the thing that he uses to make himself continue to look like a total douche. So, yeah, it's funny that. Um, it's funny, yeah, just going back to your mention there of um, Dickens. I mean, it, it's true, Dickens didn't necessarily write a single great book about you know a philanthropist or kind of extolling the virtues of philanthropy, which maybe goes back to the fact that Dickens understood philanthropy well enough to be quite critical of it, because mm. he had... A number of characters in his books, most notably um, Mrs. Pardiggle and uh, Mrs. Jellybee and um, Bleak House, I think. Um, who, you know, Mrs. Jellybee, for instance, was she was a character who spent all of her time giving money away um, to overseas missions, particularly to the Burra Burra Gala mission, I believe, in Africa. Whilst at the same time, her own children were starving around her, and this was quite a sharp satire of a phenomenon in Victorian. Uh, England where it was seen that kind of it was much easier for people in the moneyed middle classes and upper classes to give money overseas to kind of uh, the missions and to what was seen very much as kind of starving primitives for the purposes of conversion than it was to address the fact that there was chronic poverty and Mm. ill health right around them in their own cities so you know Dickens definitely had something to say about philanthropy it just wasn't always necessarily positive and and perhaps you know obviously in in any good story relies on uh relies on things being portrayed to some extent as a bit more black and white uh, than they really are and as a result philanthropy is sort of awkward isn't it because it you know it re- it rely it relies on you know using the proceeds of fortune to a certain degree giving them away and it, you know it's not as extreme as it maybe needs to be and and i suppose you could example the you could give, for example, roles uh, for philanthropists that are um, very rare and extreme that are depicted in movies. So whether, you know, Schindler's List, for example, could mm. be seen as the story of of the most, of philanthropy of the most committed form. Um, but, you know, in in, in other ways, it's uh, it's more difficult to, to have that as a, a serious uh, kind of plot point Um for kind of what what we might consider as as ordinary philanthropy of the wealth. Yeah, I think that's it. And maybe, you know, expecting there to be kind of explorations of philanthropy itself um, uh, might be unrealistic because it's still a pretty niche topic. Although I have to say, you know, you get some very, very niche television programs out there that I love to watch. And I think, you know, historical drama based around the the Walsh uh, Commission, for instance, their war on J.D. Rockefeller would make great television. But but we are also, you know, we're seeing nowadays in film television some examples of quite interesting takes on philanthropy. So um, like Oscar Isaac's character in Ex Machina, for instance, is a kind of crazy tech billionaire who's obviously kind of a philanthropist in, in one sense and quite a good embodiment of that new breed of tech-driven philanthropist. Um, and then in the uh, much less cerebral um, Showtime show Billions that, that I absolutely love, um, the the character there, Bobby Axelrod, who's um, a kind of billionaire That's uh, hedge fund billionaire manager. Name. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Axelrod. Yeah, he's a billionaire hedge fund manager, and actually, 
in a couple of episodes, there's been some really great explorations of how he has kind of cynically used his philanthropy basically as a weapon to attack other billionaires, um, which again, isn't necessarily the most positive slant on it, but at least is quite an interesting uh, exploration of some of the issues. There you go, philanthropy wonks. That sounds like uh, a piece of really important uh, mm. vocational Research. viewing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I suppose, you know, what we're going to go on to the next section, say, look, even if philanthropy isn't necessarily been very well served by depiction in the movies, the link between philanthropy and the movies is a pretty strong one because people who work in it are often very notable in terms of their giving. Okay, so in this section, as Rod teed up, we're going to be discussing... I guess more broadly in the real world, celebrity philanthropy, and 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 what that means is that healthy, uh, and and what can we take away from uh, from what we see in the world of uh, stars and their giving? Yeah, absolutely, and I suppose you know the starting point, leading on from our discussion of Hollywood, there've been some very notable um, Hollywood philanthropists. Uh, Paul Newman was extremely well noted for his philanthropy, probably you know in his latter days more so than his films uh jackie chan is an amazingly prolific um philanthropist as well as you know a, a god of martial artists and choreographers um but it's probably hard to think of any hollywood star who hasn't to some degree you know made uh sort of quite a lot of publicity out of the charitable work they're doing mm. obviously that's sometimes greeted with cynicism and it can be hard to, to distinguish between the pr and the reality but it kind of it seems to be part of what is de rigueur nowadays for celebrity is to profess some interest in charity and some charitable endeavors of some kind yeah and 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 celebrity uh, philanthropy has become it seems to have become much more than that to the extent that it's it's used as a piece of the kind of not only as a as a piece of the the kind of pr uh, apparatus that are at the disposal of the most uh, wealthy and famous people in the world but also as a kind of extension of their political will to some extent, whether that's, you know, you, and you see some really fascinating examples of it and some do it, you know, rather better than others, but the example of, uh, uh, black celebrities, uh, over the last couple of years, such as, you know, whether it's Kendrick Lamar, uh, would be a really good, good example of it. Um, the, the giving for kind of to, to follow a political signaling, uh, becomes as, as important as the financial contribution, doesn't it, for some celebrities? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think another thing, actually, that, that's interesting um, is you're not just the philanthropy in a kind of straightforward way of like celebrities giving their own philanthropy, but philanthropy in the movie industry. One one quite intriguing development in recent years has been the the idea that film itself can be a medium through which one can achieve philanthropic aims. So most notably, probably Jeff Skoll, who was um, the founder of eBay, I think, um, and is a very noted philanthropist now. One of the big things that he does, um, he has a production company called Participant Media, I think, and all of the films that are um, funded through that in some way uh, have a kind of philanthropic aim to them in terms of increased public understanding or raising issues so you know for instance he funded the production of the movie spotlight which won the oscar a couple of years ago about the 
investigation of the Boston Globe into abuse in the Catholic Church. Oh, um, right. And similarly, things like I think he started out with Syriana and he's done uh, a couple of documentaries. Um, he was involved in Al Gore's and Inconvenient Truth and this sort of thing. Um, and, and whilst, you know, a lot of these are viable commercial movies, part of the aim behind them is a philanthropic one. So it's quite an intriguing approach. Yeah, and I guess that depending on where you are on a sort of sliding scale of philanthropic intentions with movies, it gets more or less obvious what those intentions are. So whether that's um, there have been some fantastic documentaries about Syria that have been used directly really by organisations like UNICEF to raise funds and they've been, you know, viewings have been uh, presented at fundraising events and that's, you know, fairly a fairly obvious use of it. But those, you know, oftentimes those documentaries were filmed equally for um, for a movie-going audience or uh, uh, and for income generation in their own right. So, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a sliding scale, isn't it? Equally, there are, there are movies which have a which have an intent to change perceptions of their subjects um, as well as to be, uh, to, to be financially viable vehicles in their own right. So whether that's documentaries like uh, Albino United looking at um, the, uh, the mistreatment of, uh, of albinos in uh, Africa uh, and the kind of uplifting story of a charity that came together to help a support a football team of albinos that changed perceptions around Africa or, you know, the, these kind of, whether it's the, to be uh, up to date, um, I am not a witch, which is currently in the cinemas at the moment. Um, it's about uh, witchcraft in Africa and, and intends mm. to address the issue of, of witchcraft, which is, you know, having some fairly troubling and has long had some fairly troubling, uh, uh, victims uh, of of child mistreatment uh, in Africa. So, you know, some films are are made with philanthropic as well as uh, as commercial intentions. Yeah, I think that's um, that's totally right. And um, yeah, actually, the kind of the use of uh, film uh, as a vehicle for this stuff. You know, the resurgence of documentary filmmaking as a result of. Um, money being put into it by you know, Netflix and Amazon and others gives, I think, far more opportunity for for that sort of approach to be taken. Um, you know, I'm aware that we've strayed slightly off our, our promise to be salacious at this point and started talking quite earnestly about serious, the power of, of a visual medium. But, um, you know, that's fine. I think we can rescue that in the third section and bring it right back to uh, to looking at the, uh, the glossy side of Hollywood philanthropy. Okay, so section number three, we're going to, uh, we're really going to go for it this time. Uh, we're, we're asking the question, really, is is naming and shaming um, the, the good or bad philanthropy uh, of celebrities healthy for, for charities? And more importantly, can we think of some interesting, stroke, salacious examples of that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I suppose the question here is like how, you know, how helpful is it either for, you know, charities or others, uh, you know, kind of in the wider world and commentariat to pick up on or criticize the charitable activity of celebrities or, you know, lack of charitable activity of them. And conversely, you know, how helpful or not is it necessarily to have um, celebrities 
involved with charity i mean are there kind of downsides to having a big name associated with your organization or cause or is it all upside um i mean you know an interesting case in point here was you know around the absolutely unprecedented success that um uh the american it was als um society i think what we would call alzheimer's over here had with their ice bucket challenge um a couple of years ago uh now you know that that became a huge viral phenomenon and many many celebrities got on board and you know it wasn't necessarily clear that the the als organization kind of was in control of that but they obviously benefited from it but then also you know, as ever with these things, there was an upsurgence and then there was very quickly an equally big backlash saying that, you know, this was all vacuous and represented the worst of kind of social media and celebrity culture and that nobody even knew what it was that they were raising money for and all this kind of thing. Um, So actually, you know, did it further the understanding of the cause? Did it help ALS apart from raising lots of money for them? Or actually, you know, were they... Uh, kind of made to look like they were a less serious and committed organization because they'd kind of ended up being involved in this cultural phenomenon yeah exactly there's i mean there's a lot of I've, a lot of different directions that we could take this section and it and all of them interesting um the the one that i would point to is uh, is to re- reaffirm that um that element of risk that you alluded to for charities and the celebrities themselves. And we, we've seen a few great examples of this. Uh, one, which uh, I forget the name of the actress, uh, but I will insert it now. The actor's name was Elizabeth McGovern, uh, apparently Lady Cora from Downton Abbey. Uh, she was accompanied on a trip by a Telegraph journalist who wrote up the article in a quite funny but also quite depressing uh, account of a celebrity going to visit what she thought was Darfur, was actually Sierra Leone, with an organisation, World Vision, who she said she didn't really know that much about and uh, hadn't actually realised they were a Christian organisation. ...views about the subject matter, um, which kind of helped the charity, its publicity, or her own PR in the process so that you know at at that extreme there are clearly some risks there aren't they yeah absolutely and i think um yeah that that is is a a danger particularly when you allow celebrities to you know go beyond just kind of uh raising money for you or being you know turning up at fancy galas and and professing their support to actively acting as ambassadors um, and, you know, where, where that model works, it can work really well. So, you know, I think it would be hard to criticise the works that somebody like Angelina Jolie has done as an ambassador for UNICEF, I think, because she's obviously incredibly committed to it, knows an enormous amount about the subject and does a great deal of good work. And I think there are lots of other celebrities who've taken on those roles and done it very well. But there is a significant danger as a charity that if you're basically empowering a celebrity to go out and you know advocate and act as a spokesperson on your behalf you don't really know how much control you've got over that and you know who know who knows what it is that they're going yeah, to exactly. say exactly i suppose one of the other things that we have we have to bring up is that is the um the kind of cultural phenomenon of uh of the obsession of the public with the income and therefore the expenditure of charities so i don't know if you've noticed this but 
any time that you happen to Google a given actor or sports player or anyone that you want to kind of check up uh, information about, see their Wikipedia page or whatever, as you're completing the search term, uh, it will always suggest as almost invariably the highest uh, option, their name with the words net worth at the end of it. Mm. So it's a real obsession with the kind of wealth of charities. And, and I think that the one of the logical extensions of that has then been this obsession with uh, with how philanthropic celebrities are and not just how philanthropic they are, but what they spend their money on. And if you, um, you know, you can quickly Google uh, around this subject to see examples. It has to be said, particularly in the US, um, but maybe that's just because the, you know, the the conversation about philanthropy is much more prominent, which is generally good, but in this instance seems bad. Um, you can very quickly see both praise and criticisms of the way that uh, that chari- that uh, celebrities spend their money. Now, the danger of this is it becomes much more much less likely that that celebrities will be able to derive any warm glow out of the experience of giving, uh, and. And if if you're being forced to give in ways that you're that are what the public demand of you and which will go down well with the public rather than what what you feel passionate about, that's going to kind of encourage reciprocity or overclaiming and and you know maybe may set a poor example for the rest of the country um, and 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 kind of perhaps skew the way people donate. Yeah, well, it's I suppose it's that issue generally around kind of the impact of enhanced visibility and, you know, kind of peer group effects, but writ large, isn't it? So do you just create lots and lots of perverse incentives for celebrities then to kind of focus on maximising the, the, the metrics in terms of how much money they're getting out, out the door rather than what's being achieved with the money? Are you making them kind of gravitate towards popular causes or ones that they think will play well with um, you know their their existing fan base rather than looking at where the most pressing needs are or funding unpopular causes? Um, you know, it's quite possible that is the case, and you know, if so, are we all pretty complicit in that? Yeah, I mean, take the hypothetical. Your um, say you, which is I'm sure very likely, Rod, you you become a a, a world class. Um, linebacker or something like that. I can totally see uh, that happening. It's credible so far. Credible, yeah. yeah. Um, and you get a, a, a multi-million dollar contract. It's clear you're going to be a star. You get yep, an agent. Still, still credible, yeah. <laughs> you get an agent, and that, that agent suggests to you, well, clearly there's an expectation that you'll give, you know, 1%, 2% of your salary away to charities. And given that you're going to have to do that, the best way of using that to enhance your uh, public relations metrics is to give to this particular charity. And if you do that, that's going to be so successful that it's actually going to more than pay itself back through advertising revenue because you're going to be much more of an ad, you know, you're going to be much easier to market because you're seen as this cuddly character because you give to this charity. So quite quickly, you can imagine a scenario where it gets really, really venal very, very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I can, you know, it just becomes, uh, you know, a case where your your lawyer or your agent, as you say, basically becomes your philanthropy advisor, not because they they care about the underlying philanthropy, but just because they kind of cynically know what's going to play best. 
Um, I suppose the other bit that I just wanted to touch on quickly, um, you know, in this discussion about whether there's a downside to celebrity philanthropy, you know, as as we sit here recording, we've, you know, within the last couple of weeks had the revelations about Harvey Weinstein. Obviously, today, quite a lot of stuff in the news about similar um, allegations against Kevin Spacey. Um, and in this climate where, you know, all this stuff is coming out about the film industry and the music industry, it brings us back to that question we discussed on a previous podcast of, you know, is there such a thing as a bad donation? And I think I've already seen news uh, floating around that various charities that Harvey Weinstein supported, because, you know, as with a lot of these people, he was very generous with his money, are questioning what they do with that or whether they need to return that money. And, you know, similarly, Kevin Spacey, very heavily involved with a lot of arts charities here in the UK and the US, are they going to be facing a similar dilemma so you know that question of if you as a charity pin your colors to the mast of someone who is in the public eye you have to run the risk that if their reputation becomes tarnished subsequently that's going to raise all kinds of challenges for you yeah and you can imagine for some charities they'll be looking looking at the world as it as it is in 2017 and and thinking very seriously about how they can protect themselves against that kind of risk. And it might be actually the best way of protecting yourself against uh, the risk of uh, of, of giving uh, such an oversized uh, place in your in, in your kind of charity's public profile to a celebrity. Well, that might just be too much of a risk in and of itself. And we maybe we'll see, we'll see less of that kind of activity. Yeah, quite possibly. It's, you know, I think a kind of a, a question that, Charities particularly need to ask themselves because I think you know there's there's a danger of just getting caught up in the kind of you know the the stardust of Hollywood and the film industry. But actually, if the potential risks start to outweigh the benefits, then you need to think pretty long and hard about whether it's worth doing. Okay, well that was I think quite a fun jaunt through uh, the world of uh, Hollywood philanthropy, uh, as you might predict with us to ended up getting both quite serious and a little bit dark, but I think that's okay. <laughs> Standard, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, thanks for joining us on this 15th episode of uh, of Giving Thought. As usual, please uh, check out uh, all the stuff in the show notes. There's loads of kind of uh, blogs and articles and things that go back quite a way and give you much uh, richer content instead of our off-the-top-of-our-head musings that you have today. Um and yeah, if you've got anything that you want to get in touch with us about, please do that on uh, givingthought at cafonline.org uh, or find us, find both Rod and I uh, on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, let's, let's hear your thoughts. But uh, all that's left to say is uh, goodbye. Goodbye.